0: Welcome to the latest episode of our Business In Focus podcast. I'm Teresa Risuaje and I'm a partner in PWC Financial Services Tax Team. And I'm your host for today. We're really excited to bring to you today the first of our In Conversation with episodes. These will feature discussions between our people and our clients about the impact of COVID-19 on their organizations. Together, we will explore what we've learned from the events of 2020 and how we can take those lessons forward to help us navigate future challenges. We will also discuss how PwC has been working with clients with speed, imagination, and care to deliver results that really make a difference. So joining me today in our virtual studio are Susan Armour and Sam Samtunga. Susan is the Group Ethics and Compliance Officer at Oxford University Press, and Sam is PwC's EMEA and UK Risk Assurance Leader. Welcome,
1: Susan and Sam. Thanks, Teresa. It's lovely to be with you and Sam.
2: Indeed, delighted to be here, Teresa.
1: Brilliant. So, thank
0: you for joining me, both of you. So, Susan, I introduced you as the Group Ethics and Compliance Officer at OUP. Can you tell us a little bit more about your role?
1: Sure, Teresa. My title really gives it away. I'm responsible for OUP's corporate ethics and compliance program and day-to-day that effectively means I spend a lot of time thinking about risks and culture and overall program management. I think we're probably like a lot of other organizations in the way we're structured and how we manage um, ethics and compliance risks. We take a proportionate approach and, you know, we make consider core risk areas like those related to bribery, fraud, and corruption. And we also consider those related to our business partners. Um, Plus, we have to think about modern slavery in our supply chain, sanctions, the facilitation of tax evasion, even money laundering. Uh, I'm also responsible for health, safety, and security, um, which is not obvious from my title. Um, And it was in this role that I assumed responsibility for coordinating OUP's global response to COVID. Um, And as you can imagine, um, you know, nothing prepares you for that role. I report directly to the CEO and I manage a team of approximately 40 people based in 12 countries. So there's so many things you mentioned in there about, uh, about your role. It's so
0: wide ranging. Um, And then, as you just said right at the end there, that um, you then also then took on responsibility for coordinating, you know, your organization's response to to COVID. I can just imagine just how challenging that must have been. Um, It'd be great to hear a little bit about the impact that the pandemic has
1: had on the AUP. Sure. Um, I'm happy to go into more detail. I think it's fair to say, though, that COVID has impacted everyone and everything. And on top of it, for many of us, our home and work lives have blurred in ways that we've never imagined or experienced. In terms of the way we've handled it at the press, uh, perhaps the easiest way to think about it is to um, talk about it in in three different pillars. Um, First, our mission. Second, our response externally. And lastly, our response internally. And if I start with our mission, in really unexpected ways, it has served as our beacon of light. Somehow knowing that we've been around for 500 years and survived puts COVID in a really unique perspective. Um, and I'm just thinking back, a colleague uh, you know, once said to me that he considered himself a custodian. Um, and I paused when I heard that the first time. Uh, what he really meant was that the press has been around for 500 years. It will likely be around another 500 years, and it's certainly going to outlast all of us. So our job is really to do our best work while we have the opportunity. Um, you know, that advice resonated with me then, and it continues to resonate with me now. I think that's such
0: great advice, and, and that also resonates with me. So, so kind of taking that as one of the things that was guiding Uh, The press. What did that mean in practice in terms of the response?
1: Well, we wanted to um, make sure we were serving our customers and markets and helping in the communities um, that are so important to our work. So, one of the first things that we did uh, back in January 2020 was to create a publicly available hub, really just putting all our resources related to the outbreak. Um, on this platform and sharing the research findings and data uh, quickly um, and openly with the world. Um, Researchers and academics made great use of this material. And then for teachers and students who were impacted by school closures globally, uh, we provided online learning resources um, to support all of the learning at home that was suddenly happening. Um, in the UK, um, back with that first school closure in late March of 2020, um, we reached out to teachers and provided professional development support, as well as um, teaching and learning resources. And even for parents, um, we made available activities, ebooks, and videos to help children learn at home. Across the globe we took and we continue to take similar steps. Uh, It's been hugely rewarding and now here we are in January 2021 and I have to admit the pride in working at OUP is only amplified by the incredible work our colleagues at the University have done in developing the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine. So
0: I have to say listening to you just
1: Um,
0: both as a parent of two young children and someone who hopefully will be getting the vaccine in a few months' time. I can only say a huge thank you both to to AUP um, and also to your colleagues at the university for such a wide-ranging and just really impactful response to the pandemic. And what was interesting was that you talked about three pillars and that was just the, the first pillar, Um, So I wanted to understand a little bit more about the external response. You mentioned that as the second pillar. Um, So how have you managed the disruption to, for example, your supplies and the supply chain? As I know that this has been a critical issue for so many organizations.
1: Well, you know, we've navigated through it. And before I get to that, I just want to say thank you. It's It's great to hear that our work has impacted you personally as a parent, and I think absolutely we're all looking forward to receiving that vaccine. Um, But in terms of responding to your question, um, really our external response is uh, wrapped up and continues to be guided by our mission. Um, If we set aside our customers and markets for just a minute and focus, as you mentioned on our suppliers and supply chain, Um, You know, our response was pretty simple. We uh, started by prioritizing good communication and good data collection. Uh, We found that it was critical to have reliable information if we were going to develop financial models and scenario planning. Um, And given our reach, as I mentioned, um, that takes real effort and organization. And being so close to our response as well um, made me appreciate how fast moving the pandemic was. Um, It was new to all of us. Uh, Governments were taking different approaches. And so we had to rely upon our teams working cross-functionally and communicating as quickly and frequently as, you know, and efficiently as possible. Um, No doubt people went above And beyond and continue to do so. In in terms of our products though, um, what we learned was um, really interesting. The difference between print and digital came to light. Um, So for example, if a printer or warehouse had to shut down, we simply could not move our books. So uh, with digital products, um, we didn't have these issues and those digital products demonstrated their resilience in a distinguishing way. Everything you've said is, is really insightful and, and particularly that
0: last point about the digitization of your products and, and how they're making you actually more resilient as a, you know, as as a business. Um, So I'd like to explore the final of your three pillars of of the press's response to the pandemic. And that's the internal response that you referenced earlier. I'd love to get some insight into how you supported your five and a half thousand people through the challenges that were created by the pandemic.
1: Sure, I'm happy to elaborate on that. And, you know, I wonder, we probably have more similarities than differences when you think about, you know, how you responded within PwC. Uh, For ourselves, our internal response um, covered every aspect of our business. And, you know, that meant it touched on technology, operations, publishing, editorial, sales, marketing, really, you know, every aspect. Um, We started uh, back in February 2020 by forming a small core working group, Um, just five of us, um, colleagues from health and safety, communications, and HR, and we coordinated our global approach to COVID. Um, There were business continuity planning teams in each of our global offices who managed uh, the local response. And we provided central support. Um, we set up right away some principles, and those have served us well, and they continue to guide us even now as we find ourselves in this latest national lockdown in the UK. Um, you know, just briefly, and this probably sounds obvious in hindsight, but we took an evidence approach based approach to inform our decisions. Uh, We created a pretty extensive communications plan. We made sure that we were providing and continue to provide regular, clear communication updates to employees across the globe. And we created a central page um, on our uh, company internet with the latest information, updates, guidance and other resources. Um, We set up a dedicated email inbox where we manage specific questions or concerns, Um, but above all, uh, we highlighted our principle that the health and safety of our staff is paramount. Um, I jokingly said then, and I even continue now to say that my second title is Chief Repetition Officer. Um, It's just because I find myself repeating the same messages over and over again. Um, I think, you know, that's almost to be expected because people are working under incredible circumstances, uh, dealing with shifting priorities, and really just managing a myriad of issues and new risks. So I don't expect everyone to read and digest our communications as we intend. Um, What we really try to do is just keep our messages clear, accessible, and timely, and then reach out to our employees in a variety of ways. Um, I have to also give credit to our HR team. Um, They recognized the challenges of the extended and unexpected remote working life and issued a well-being charter. And similarly, our technology team. Um, they did truly heroic work in accelerating our roadmap to give us the tools to work successfully from home. It's such a great answer, Susan. And you said at the beginning
0: that um, there were a lot of similarities with our, you know, with our two organizations and and everything you said just then just completely uh, resonated with me. Um, I really think that this pandemic has put, you know, organisational ethics into the spotlight um, and people have had to really kind of reflect on on their response. And you mentioned earlier about the, the mission and how that's guided um, your response. And certainly from a PwC perspective, our purpose also guided our response as well. It, can you tell me a little bit more in terms of your mission forming the basis of the response, what that looked like in practice?
1: Uh, Absolutely. Um, Well, as you know, there was no guidebook for us for COVID. So, you know, we really had to pull together and start uh, brainstorming and putting together our response. Um, With my senior leadership team, we challenged ourselves to think about the new risks in this environment. And we then shared those with our employees. And we also brought to the forefront, the difference between ethics and compliance. And this gave us a platform to do that. Uh, One of my favorite examples, which I use over and over again is this. A compliant person will ask, what is required of me? An ethical leader will ask, what is the right thing to do? Um, naturally, we expect all of our employees to be ethical leaders. And I,
0: I love that idea of, of requiring all your and expecting all your employees to be ethical leaders. Sam, um, I just want to bring you in because I'm sure that everything Susan just said resonates as much with you as it did with me. Um, but is this something that you've also seen our other clients grappling with as well?
2: Yeah, that's absolut- absolutely right, Teresa, exactly what we've seen at other clients. And if, if I can reflect on PwC and, and talk about what we see our, at our other clients, you know, at, at the heart of our strategy is being purpose-led, and, and PwC's purpose is to build trust in society and solve important problems. And as we've been navigating uncertainty, our purpose has become a really important am- anchor for the decisions we take as a firm. And it will continue to play a really important uh, role in motivating and inspiring us. It informs everything we do, and more so in times of change and uncertainty. And our culture, which is supported by our values, as you say, that drives the how we deliver our purpose and strategy. It sets the tone for how we interact and how we work together, and to make sure we deliver the outcomes that make a difference for our clients, our people, and our communities. And that's exactly the approach as Susan's articulated. That we, we've seen uh, over the course of the last year, working with a range of clients to help them to navigate, navigate the pandemic, what we've seen, uh, the way they've approached it as well, with a much greater focus from businesses in the area of um, uh, ethical behaviours, as well as from their stakeholders holding uh, our clients' executives to account as well.
0: And and picking up on that, Sam, we've just done such a a wide range of things with clients over the last year, Um, whether it's been, you know, helping them boost their cash flow to helping them protect their employees' mental health. Um, What's the approach that we've taken to, to this huge challenge over the last 12 months?
2: Well, it's been uh, exceptional, hasn't it? And at PwC, a number of the challenges that we've faced are very much uh, the same uh, challenges that our clients are facing. And actually, Susan brought the, the types of things that we've faced uh, to life in her description. So, uh, the thing we did right at the outset of the pandemic was to focus on making sure that our own business was stabilized, whilst also making sure we continue to support our clients. And to make sure we we had our business under control, what we needed to do was to make sure that we did everything we needed to do for our people. Um, And and that really involved making sure we are are connected. So I think communication was really, really important. Uh, It was important to create and maintain a sense of energy um, that's re- relatively easy at the outset, in the sense that everyone was in the same boat. Um, there was almost a hero effect when we went into the first lockdown around March last year. But in maintaining that for a really long period of time when we were going in and out of lo- lockdown was, was, uh, was the challenge, and exactly as you say, making sure well-being, mental and physical, Um, as well as care for each other was was a really important part of making sure that our people felt they were supported uh, and we did everything for them and communities. Now, with clients, what we decided to take is um, an issues-led and asset-backed approach. And what I mean by that is issues-led is being all about being relevant to our clients and their needs and to make sure that we are really well positioned to give our clients the insight they needed at the right time. And Asset-Backed is all about bringing the depth of capabilities and technology-enabled assets uh, to our clients for them to be successful. And indeed, I think those elements um, came to life in the work we did with Susan and her team at the Oxford University Press as well. Now, I think all of this is underpinned by three core tenets of um, how we operate. The first is speed, because our clients really need to believe that we're willing to move and able to move quickly to get them the results they need at the right time. Really important in a fast moving world. And you know we, we, we've seen how quickly things change, have been changing over the last few months, and indeed will continue to do so over the coming months. The second is imagination. So when the environment is very uncertain, the way to move forward has to be creative. We've got to creatively figure our way out of these problems and importantly to reset ourselves to be in a different place to the way we started. Because the world will change. Undoubtedly, the world's going to change as a result of this crisis. And third, care. We want to make sure that our clients understand we care about them of course, we care about our people, but also our clients, and that our engagement with our clients is not, it's about them and not just about us, PwC. And within risk assurance, um, which is the part of the business I represent at PwC, I've seen some really, really great examples where teams have brought this to life, working with clients to deliver the results that make a real difference.
0: Thanks, Sam. That was such a comprehensive response. And I'd love to just hear a couple of examples from you as to how we've worked with clients to really deliver results that make a difference.
1: Of
2: course. Yeah. Let me bring uh, bring to life um, something that we did that really, I think, lives up to uh, the concepts of speed, care and imagination. So and and <clears throat> the example I want to talk about is uh, um, some work we did on pop-up NHS supermarkets for National Health Service staff. And the, the the basis of the idea, the kernel of the idea, was that um, health staff can pick up a box of food from the hospital site, take it home, feed their families. Um, and there were a number of benefits to frontline staff um, who were, who were in, working incredibly hard, as we all know, that they don't visit the supermarket where... There were challenges with supply of food in, in in the early days. There was a risk that they would spread the virus, um, and also to allow frontline front staff who were working really hard to spend more time with their families, uh, and to make sure that they were well fed as well. So we worked with um, some other organisations to set up set up these supermarkets at the hospitals, um, and the concept used wholesale the wholesale food supply chain rather than the supermarket food supply chain which um, was helping to maintain that industry the wholesale food industry which was struggling given that um, hotels restaurants and so on were closed as well and it also meant because we were relying on the wholesale food market that the cost of the food that NHS staff were buying was significantly cheaper than they could um, through shopping at the supermarket So one of the byproducts was that it became a focal point for all the gifts and donations that people wanted to give the hospitals as well. So, you know, I think we responded to that, um, working with these other organizations with care, um, with speed. And I think it was quite a creative solution for solving what was quite a big problem uh, in the early stages of of the uh, lockdown period.
0: Thanks, Sam, that's such a great example, and as you say, something that that really made a a difference. Susan, I just want to come back to you because Sam has talked about uh, speed, imagination and care as being core tenets of of our approach, the PwC approach over the last year. Um, And Oxford University Press has worked with PwC for about seven years. So I wanted to get your perspective on those three things. Um, So should we start with speed first?
1: Absolutely. Um, and I just have to, uh, you know, mention that, you know, these examples, Sam, that you've uh, shared, it's absolutely fascinating. And um, this is really an insight into, you know, things we read about and hear on the news, but really don't know how it all comes together. Um, so fascinating for me to hear that. Um, I guess, Teresa, just to give you the context, um, my world intersects with PwC when it comes to our business partner management. Um, So these are our suppliers, customers, agents, authors, and our team is responsible for making sure that we work with our business partners um, and ensure that they share our ethical standards and embrace our partner code of conduct. Um, But in order to manage manage, um, and store the uh, due diligence and other records that comes with, you know, tens of thousands of uh, business partners, we rely upon a PwC platform. And you've asked me about speed. And, you know, there is this funny analogy I have that has stuck with me for some time now, in terms of working, particularly internally and externally with third parties, um, some time ago when I worked in Silicon Valley, I I hired a contractor who um, you know was just fabulous and helped uh, with complete a project. And when we started out talking about the timeline and her schedule, uh, she said something like this: "I'll work at your pace. Uh, so if you want to waltz, we can waltz. If you want to tango, we can tango." Um, and in that project, trust me, we we tangoed and we we got it done, uh, you know, at incredible speed. Now the PwC team that we work with, you know, exhibits those same client-focused qualities in my mind, and for the lack last six years. Um, I'd say it's mostly been a waltz, um, but recently we've started working on some additional changes and improvements to this platform, uh, which will really, you know, uh, take us um, and a giant leap forward. So it's fair to say it's, it's been a tango from December.
0: And uh, as someone who watches Strictly Come Dancing, I totally get the analogy that you just used. Um, So just moving on, um, how important is imagination to how we work with you?
1: Well, you know, I love the concept and the idea of imagination and the fact that it is, you know, so important. I have to say, though, uh, our work isn't necessarily imaginative. Uh, But it does require thinking and judgment and problem solving. Uh, So in this regard, you know, the PwC team has helped us um, and supported us. To to their credit, though, um, the team has learned our internal language. And I I think you can appreciate this, that in every organization, there is an internal language that develops. And this team um, really speaks our language fluently that helps us because we're just able to communicate that much faster and clearer. Um, and another real benefit um, that the team brings to us is, you know, they'll bring solutions that they've implemented for other clients. Um, and I, as I mentioned, we're working on this big project now. And I remember, you know, at a meeting not long ago saying, you can do that. You know, and, and I probed a bit further and I said, well, all I can say is we definitely owe a debt of gratitude to the client who asked for that same feature in the tool. So I would definitely take your, you can do that as imagination.
0: Um, so if I can just ask you about the final one that Sam mentioned, care. Um, given OUP's mission and your role in it, how
1: does care fit in with how we work together? Well, I think that is a fair uh, way to take imagination, Teresa. Care, uh, care is more straightforward. And let me tell you, in terms of care, um, we've had the good fortune of working with the same PwC team for the last seven years. Th- that's, you know, a huge benefit for us. Um, You know, we just build trust and respect as each year passes on. And, you know, we've even made it a point to celebrate milestones together. Um, And when, you know, there are periods of times where it feels more like business as usual, we still make time for catch-ups. I've often told members of that team that they make us feel as if we are their only client. Uh, You know, that's a high bar. Uh, I spent early years of my career at an international law firm, and that was always the standard we were taught to achieve as young associates. So, um, you know, I guess what I would say is that I feel like the PWC team truly cares about our success and you know they continually demonstrate that Um, they really um, bring to the table the best services and products for us. Thanks
0: Susan it's such a privilege to hear you describe the the relationship with PwC in that way. Um, The final thing I want to come back to is that you mentioned earlier your colleagues advice about regarding yourself as a custodian um, of a 500 year old department um, and for Sam and I, who are partners in a 170-year-old firm, I think that really resonates with with both of us. Um, so thinking about that future, what are some of the major priorities or challenges ahead? Um, and what do you think will be important in terms of solving them? And, and Sam, can I actually start with you first?
2: Yes, uh, absolutely, Teresa. Yeah, so w- I think one of the things that is... Um, very obvious very visible it's just the pace of change and the volatility that is becoming a norm you know i think we we real, we realized even before the pand- pandemic that um things are changing very fast so rapid change i think is becoming business as usual so i think i think a couple of things are really important in being able to a- address that the first is being agile and i think agile both in mindset and the ability to change and to make decisions quickly. Because I think that's key to not just surviving, but thriving in in, in a rapidly changing world. So how do we anticipate the problems, the challenges, the risks that we face and rapidly react to um, things when when they do change? Uh, So I think that's important. One of the underpinning uh, capabilities for that, I think is being digitally enabled and digitally driven. And I think you know, we, we again knew that technology and digital capabilities were important, but being able to embrace that and being able to leverage technology and the digital world will be key, I think, to navigating the challenge, challenges ahead in a, in a fast moving world.
1: I agree with Sam. Digital is critical, um, especially for our business model. Um, Agility, uh, absolutely. And I think I would add to that list, Sam, resilience. Um, But, you know, if I step back and think about, you know, anything specific for OUP, um, and I imagine it's, you know, aligned with your own ways of thinking, It's um, how do we work in the future? You know, this has been such a game changer for all of us working from home for this extended period of time that, uh, you know, the future ways of working are going to be different. um, And that is going to have a significant impact on our business. So, you know, practically speaking, we have to think about how we further evolve our office spaces and how we do that at pace.
2: Yeah, 100%. And that really resonates with uh, the the thinking that we're putting in at PwC. In, in many ways, just given the nature of our, uh, our business, I think we had a head start because working away from the office, um, you know, at client sites, uh, sometimes out of hotels in different locations, that was the norm for us. So we had a good starting point where um, people were connected. We had the technology to be able to do that. Uh, and many of our people were used to doing that uh, and and of course, traveling before. But I think we still have a lot of uh, thinking to do in terms of the uh, what what purpose does the office, the physical office play in the future? but also all of the opportunities that are created in being able to work much more re- remotely, um, both within and across the UK, but as well as internationally. I think you know that there's uh, exactly as you say, Susan, uh, quite a bit of thinking that we can do to really take advantage of um, what we can do in the future and not just go back to where we were a year, year and a half ago.
1: Yep, that makes perfect sense to me, Sam. And, you know, even if we step outside of ourselves and our work worlds um, and just think about the experience we've been through for the last year, um, just in terms of impact to the wider society, uh, I go back to the work um, that our colleagues are doing at the university and just how they've developed this vaccine. Um, You know, I'm hopeful that this will be a genuinely historic achievement. And one I hope will contribute to future health and prosperity across the globe. And that's such a great and positive and
0: inspiring note to end on. Um, thank you so much, Susan and Sam, for such a fascinating discussion. Um, and of course, thanks to everyone for listening. To find out more about how we're helping our clients to navigate the coronavirus uh, pandemic, visit our website at www.pwc.co.uk forward slash COVID-19. And finally, please don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date with our Business in Focus podcast series. Thank you, everybody, and see you next time.